listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Emily Hart-Hayes, a certified nurse midwife and woman's health nurse practitioner with Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for being with us, Emily. Pleasure to be here. So we're talking about something that I actually did at the beginning of July, and it came back positive. Taking a pregnancy test and then getting that positive result and going through the next steps. Um, there are, of course, and whether it's your first pregnancy, your fifth pregnancy, you always experience a range of emotions when you take that at-home test and it comes back positive, whether it's a surprise to you that it is or that it's finally a relief to you that it is after trying for so long. Um, you know, you, you have all the emotions. You're nervous, you're surprised, you're excited, you're happy, you're afraid, <laughs> you're overwhelmed, you're all the things. Um, and for some, again, first or fifth, you might not realize, okay, now what do I do? Okay, wait, how far along am I? What is this? What are the next steps? And you are going to walk us through all of those things. So after sharing the news, with your partner, with your significant other, what is the next thing that you should be doing? Because I shared the news with mine at 2.30 in the morning, which definitely is one way to wake up your spouse. (laughs) But after that. (laughs) That is one way. Yeah. Uh, But after that, what should you do next? Well, I want to say, first of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. That's very exciting. Um, and 2.30 in the morning, is that because you just happened to be up and thought, well, I have to go, so, or well, is that your I, normal day? Yeah, that's my normal day. That's when I get up for work for 2 News in the morning, and our show starts at 4.30, so I'm up at 2, 2.30, and that particular morning, I thought, you know, as a woman, it's going to be one of two things, and one hadn't happened yet, and I thought, well, if that hasn't happened yet, then maybe it's the latter, and if it's not going to be the latter, then I need to be prepared for the other thing. And so I just decided, you know, I'll just take a test and see. And I did. And those two blue lines showed up quicker than I even expected. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, it's very um, normal to do. <laughs> right. Just, you know, your your typical day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then after that, then you think, oh, my gosh, now what do I do? When do I need to see my doctor? When do I need to schedule an appointment? What is this even for real? Exactly. So I would say the first thing you want to do is make an appointment with your healthcare provider, with your midwife or your doctor. If you don't have a, a specific pregnancy care provider yet, you can make an appointment with your primary care provider and they can, some, some primary care providers do pregnancy care and others would, can refer you to somebody who can take care of you. So that, that's the first thing. And they can walk you through it. The good news is there's lots of people around you to help you um, to be able to navigate this. If it's your first pregnancy or if it's your third or, you know, any pregnancy, it still feels uh, new and exciting and scary. So usually your first prenatal visit is going to be around six to eight weeks of pregnancy. And that 
translates to when your menstrual period is about two to four weeks late. There's this weird thing we do in pregnancy dating when you say how far along you are is that everybody gets a bonus two weeks. So it's confusing because people think, well, how I couldn't have been pre pregnant four weeks or six weeks because I was I had my period on this day. But it's because we give everybody an extra two weeks because it's all based on your last menstrual period. Right, which you have to look back and you have to think and then you do all the, the numbers and exactly. the counting on the hand. Yeah, which I think my husband was doing as he was laying in bed at 2.30 in the morning after I had told him and I was getting ready to leave because then he's yelling at me from the bed. He's like, okay, wait. So and I could I could sense him counting and trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. The, the good news is in 2021, there are a zillion resources out there. Sometimes that's too much and sometimes it's not enough, but there are pregnancy calculators online. There are apps to download. Uh, and if you just don't even know, you can just, we can help you figure out your due date. Sometimes people have irregular periods and we can't really perfectly predict a person how far along a pregnancy is based on, due, on your period. So we use ultrasound to, to confirm due dates typically during pregnancy these days. Yeah. And so after that uh, initial um, making of the appointment, you get to your first appointment. And like you said, you're usually in that six to eight week kind of range. Um, and probably, it probably depends a little bit on your provider too. I'm sure some providers say, okay, I, you know, let's wait and see you at this point or, or come now if, if you know if you're ready kind of idea but once we make that appointment and then we get to that appointment what what should we expect yeah i mean so for that first appointment so so i'm going to back up actually and say yeah. there may be some weeks where you made your appointment and now you don't you can't even get in to see someone and ask questions and get your questions answered for a few weeks and so some people might feel like i'm on my own i, I can't even see anybody yet and so if you have specific concerns or if you have severe nausea that you can't keep anything down or if you're having any symptoms, then you should let your provider know that. And most times we can get folks in sooner than that, you know, standard first time if you're having problems. And then the other thing you should be doing if you aren't already is to um, stop drinking. If you drink alcohol, you should have if not been drinking in the time that you were trying to become pregnant as well. If you're smoking, you should try to stop smoking. If you don't think you know how or need resources, again, reach out to your healthcare provider. Um, and if you're taking any medications and you can't get into your provider right away, you should for sure let your provider know and they can help you work through which medications are safe to take during pregnancy and which ones that you need to stop or switch to something different. Um, so. Most of the time at that first visit, as long as it happens early on, we might be going over all this kind of thing. Your first visit's a long visit. There's a lot that we do, but we ask a lot of questions about your health history, your surgical history, your family history, your pregnancy history, um, your periods, what they were like, when the last period was. Um, and we do some labs and often do an ultrasound either at that visit or soon thereafter to confirm your due date. And then from there, it's, I mean, of course, there will be other appointments that follow, but, you know, you kind of just start your course of making sure you're doing everything that you can 
to be healthy so that you have a healthy baby. So talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, like the prenatal vitamins and what should, what should we be looking for when it comes to those, um, you know, with the folic acid and what's, what should our, should our intake be and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, um, again, if you are planning a pregnancy, so even if you're not pregnant yet, but you're trying to become pregnant, or even if you could become pregnant and you're not sure, I recommend everybody take a multivitamin with folic acid or uh, specifically a prenatal vitamin. Folic acid is a B vitamin. The other name for it is folate. And it is essential in fetal embryonic development very, very early on in pregnancy, before most women even know that they're pregnant, before you even have that positive pregnancy test. And so that's why it's so important to have that on board already before you're pregnant and in the very, very early weeks of pregnancy. So people, if they could become pregnant, if they're trying to become pregnant, even if it's not planned, but it's a possibility, I recommend taking a multivitamin. 400 micrograms is the recommended dose of folic acid, and that's what's going to be that or more in any prenatal vitamin or even women's specific multivitamin. Um, so be taking your prenatal vitamin. Now, I don't want people to panic and say, oh my gosh, I had a positive pregnancy test yesterday and I haven't been taking a prenatal vitamin. Most of the time we get adequate folic acid between within our diet. Many foods are fortified with folic acid and, um, we get it from green leafy vegetables. So if you're eating um, vegetables, then you're likely getting enough folic acid. So don't panic, <laughs> but start taking it as soon as you can. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes this is easier said than done, but getting enough sleep and exercise uh, is another very important thing when you're growing a human. Yeah, right. All the things that we know we need to do to stay healthy when we're not pregnant, are extra important when we are pregnant. We know that good nutrition and adequate exercise is really important to help your pregnancy stay healthy and help your baby develop. Um, so nutrition-wise, eating adequate fruits and vegetables, so five a day of fruits and vegetables, it doesn't have to be, you know, a serving can sometimes be smaller than you think it is. So you can look at myplate.gov and look at what's a serving of salad or what's a serving of grapes. Um, but try to get those fresh fruits and vegetables in. They have lots of fiber, and that's going to help with one of the common pregnancy symptoms, which is constipation. So mm -hmm. they'll, they'll give you two and more benefits there. <laughs> um, Limiting simple sugars or added sugar. So limiting foods that have added sugar like, you know, candies and snacks and cakes and um, things like that. That's going to be important to reduce your chances of developing complications like gestational diabetes, for example, which I know we've talked about um, on another occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then exercise, you do not need to be training for a Ragnar. We don't need you to be, um, oh my gosh, I need to be this like ultra marathon runner by the end of my pregnancy. Absolutely not. But just working into your daily routine, a 30 minute walk in the evening or in the morning before it gets really hot. Um, right now the air has been really bad. So I'm trying to encourage folks to get their exercise in other ways indoors to avoid exposure 
to the smoke. But um, that's going to be really important. We know that that helps maintain healthy weight gain and it reduces your glucose levels and helps reduce the risk for diabetes and other complications during pregnancy. And this might not be something that people think about do, doing or not doing. It's kind of just habit forming, uh, but wearing your seatbelt. It's yeah. something that it doesn't have to be talked about because you do get to a point where, you know, things aren't as comfortable. Yeah. Seatbelt is so important. You have two passengers now that we're protecting, right? There's, it's not like when you're pregnant, you're less likely to get in an accident and they're, it could be really dangerous for your pregnancy if you were in a serious accident and weren't wearing your seatbelt. So always wear your seatbelt through your whole pregnancy. Just make sure that the belt, the lower part of the seatbelt, is underneath your pregnant belly and over your hips. You know, you don't want it up over your belly button. And that's the case whether you're pregnant or not. Um, and some people worry, well, is that going to hurt my pregnancy and the answer is no, it's perfectly safe. In fact, you're putting your pregnancy at risk and your health at risk by not wearing your seatbelt. Um, so definitely wear your seatbelt. Yeah. And then another thing, you know, that we might not realize sometimes it, the hormones that are going through our body are, for lack of a better term, they're out of control. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And so because of that, I mean, we, we can start feeling ways that we don't normally feel or, you know, if we do experience maybe some depression or anxiety that can really be escalated. And, you know, if, if we're not paying attention to that, that can really put us into a bad spot. Yeah. I think we've, uh, appropriately in recent years paid a lot of attention to postpartum mood disorders, postpartum anxiety and depression. And we know that it's not just postpartum, it's during pregnancy. And so especially for people who may have suffered with this in the past, even in a very wanted planned pregnancy, even in a pregnancy where someone is really happy and excited and this is what they wanted all along, it can still affect mental health. So that's another thing that your healthcare provider will talk with you about at your first visit. So with that first visit, because we've talked a lot about kind of what to expect and um, what it will look like, you know, when we get there for that first time, there is so much to think about. Um, if you could give our listeners you know, maybe five questions that they should ask that they might not think about right. during that initial visit. I mean, what would those questions be? What would you, what would you want, you know, your patients to ask you or, or what do you hope uh, that you can answer for your patients that they might not think about? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, five things. So I think often people come with a list of questions and they're really nervous about Oh, I'm sorry. I'm taking up so much time or I've got all these questions and, and often their questions are the same things I plan to go over, right? So I have a huge packet that we go through that's about, for example, food safety and reducing exposure to toxins like smoking or alcohol or, or drugs or medications or pesticides. Um, weight gain, people are worried about weight gain. I would say a lot of that first visit, we talk about nausea because mm -hmm. even though we call it morning sickness, it can hit you at any time of the day. And sometimes it's just all day nausea. And sometimes it's nausea with a lot of vomiting. And sometimes it's 
I wish I could throw up. And so a lot of times we're talking about symptom management. Like you said, those hormone levels are through the roof, right? Out of control. And then one of the effects of those early pregnancy hormones on our bodies is nausea and vomiting. And a lot of people really worry whether that's hurting their pregnancy or not. And so um, we wanna know about what's been happening. Have you been throwing up? Are you keeping fluids down? Um, Are you having any bleeding or severe pain? Um, One of the things that I would like people to start talking to me about is, should I get a COVID vaccine? I don't know if um, your listeners have been following the news, but there was a big development this week in from the Center for Disease Control recommending the COVID vaccine to pregnant people. So we are, since the vaccine has been developed last year, we have mounting evidence, more and more studies that have demonstrated that the vaccine is both effective in pregnant people and that it is safe. It doesn't increase the risks to the pregnancy. And so... Um, that is tons of evidence that says, yes, pregnant people should become vaccinated. And we also know that people during pregnancy are more at risk for severe disease when people get COVID. And so it's especially important during pregnancy to become vaccinated if you haven't already. Um, Just keeping yourself know, healthy. Questions do you have when you get yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm probably a funny patient, I guess, because I'm just real lackadaisical about everything (laughs) because I just think like, I really don't have a whole lot of control over what's going on. And so I'm just going to go with the flow. Um, I think, you know, I think some of the um, just initial things that come to mind would just be the changes that I have to make maybe from the norm, you know, um, the other day I, I had like a three day headache. And I couldn't remember what I could take or what I couldn't take. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, you know, that was one of the things like, can I take a Tylenol or can I take an Excedrin or can I take something with acetaminophen or whatever that looks like? Something that I had taken previously. Yeah. Uh, You know, things like that. Um, And I've been craving deli sandwiches, but I can't eat them (laughs) because you can't eat deli meat. And so finding alternatives for that. So for me, it's, it's kind of the, what changes do I need to make from what my norm was? You know, you bring a good point up. So like you just, I said earlier, like a lot of the things I talk about at that first visit are things that people already have questions about. What medicines can I take? That is one of the handouts that we go over and most providers are gonna have a list that they can give you that says, yes, you can take Tylenol or acetaminophen. No, don't take ibuprofen. Um, There's also a terrific resource, both nationally and locally called mothertobaby.org. It's a website, mothertobaby.org and Utah has a Utah mother to baby. And it's a hotline you can call or you can check out their website and they can talk to you about medicines and whether they're safe to take during breastfeeding or pregnancy. Um, the fun thing about them is their phone number is super, super easy to remember. It's 801-FAT-BABY. And so if you can't remember and you're like, I don't know if I can take this and you can't get a hold of your provider or you just want to talk to someone at length, they can, they can talk to you and talk to you about whether something is okay to take. Oh, that's a great resource. Perfect. You have the because, benefit of hosting the Baby Your Baby podcast, yeah. too. So every question and the <laughs> already answered all the time, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's probably why I have such a, not a flippant attitude about it, but but an attitude of, well, you know, what happens, happens. And we'll figure it out, and I'll talk to my doctor, and 
everything's fine. Right. <laughs> For my last pregnancy, everyone kept asking me right away, you know, what's your birth plan? And I said, well, it's to have a baby. Yeah, that's, that, that's it. You know, that's my plan. I, I don't want to set myself up for unrealistic expectations that might not be able to be achieved once it happens. And I, I just kind of take that mantra throughout my pregnancy of there are no real expectations. No, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I do just kind of have just kind of that attitude. I, I don't Google anything because that's terrifying. And so <laughs> I just recommend listen to the Baby Your Baby podcast and talk to your provider. <laughs> that's it. You know, and everybody has a different style, right? Some people are really like that. Just what comes, comes. We'll take it as it goes. And other people are major planners. And so that's going to be something that will maybe influence who you choose for your healthcare provider, right? Right. Um, do they fit your style? Do you feel comfortable? Do you trust them? And so I think that's another thing that before you even have that first appointment is choosing a healthcare provider if you don't have one already, um, is make sure that you're with someone that you trust, that you feel comfortable with, that can give you information in a way that helps you make decisions about your pregnancy. Because as you said, sometimes we get to decision points in the road and we have to make decisions about how to proceed. And um, that birth plan is one way to kind of think about, well, if presented with these things, how would I, how would I want this to go? What's mm -hmm. important to me? Um, and, and, and I think that finding a provider who's supportive of you and your choices and can help counsel you in a way that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Emily Hart Hayes, thank you so much for being with us, walking us through kind of what that first appointment looks like, what what it all kind of looks like after we take that pregnancy test and it comes back positive. We appreciate your time and being with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And that thanks so much. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.